Hi, this is Stephen Ambrose, Senior Pastor at Wapaknas. I want to welcome you to the Wapaknas podcast. We hope and pray that this message goes deep into your DNA, is encouraging, relevant to your life, a means for you to engage with God and experience His love, and moves you to impact your world. We at Wapaknas believe firmly that you matter to God. We are glad that you are taking the risk to engage with Him today. Wapaknas is love people loving people to Jesus, and it takes people to partner with us to be on mission and bring this message to our community, the region, and the world. If you would like to financially partner with Wapaknas to love people to Jesus, join us by going to our website at wapaknas.org and becoming a financial partner. We thank you, we pray for you, we love you, and enjoy the message. A little behind, I'm stuck in traffic. I'll be there as soon as I can. Have you ever been there? I mean, the, the distance between Wapak to Sydney, I don't know what's going on with that phenomenon. It's almost like the Bermuda Triangle, but it seems like even when there's not construction, that length of, of road, there's always some type of backup. <laughs> Twice a day right there. This uncanny thing of traffic, and you're trying to get to your destination, but you're just stuck. Now, I think, I think many of us, are very unaware that the person in the lane next to us is probably making the same phone call and saying, hey, I'm running late. And then they look over to you beside them and say, I'm stuck in traffic. Not realizing, guess what? We're all traffic, aren't we? Like you're waiting in line and you're really, really impatient and going, man, I, I, this is driving me nuts. And guess what? You are the line. Or, being an avid hiker, I, I really find it interesting when, when people say, man, it's so great to be out in nature. When, in fact, you are nature. <laughs> it, we have this uncanny, uncanny mental ability to separate us ourselves from what we actually are, don't we? Because we are the traffic. We are the line. We are nature. It doesn't take long on your social media feed to scroll and find somebody ranting about how crazy the world is out there. Meaning, the world in here is unequivocally sane. Well, newsflash, you're a part of the world. However much you want to separate yourself from the world, you're part of the world. The question is whether or not you're adding to the crazy or not, right? There's a moment that Jesus has with, with his disciples. And we find it in, in Matthew chapter 16. We'll journey there just shortly. But it's this moment where there have been rumors going around about who Jesus is. Many have thought him to be John the Baptist, resurrected. Or Elijah, that brazen and brash prophet of, of old, who has come back down from heaven because he went up in a chariot of fire. Some say that Jesus is a prophet, Jeremiah, or one of the other prophets. And this is actually a defining moment not only for Jesus 
but also his disciples and you and me in the 21st century. So let's dive in to this scripture. Chapter 16, verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? And they replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And then Jesus asked this question, But what about you? Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. I tell you that you are Peter. There's some wordplay going on here. And on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. We'll end there. Jesus and his disciples come to this region called Caesarea Philippi. And to understand this moment and how it impacts us, we we need to trace the roots really quick. This was a region that was formerly named Panion. Named after the Greek god Pan. We get our modern depictions of the devil from this god Pan. This god Pan was hairy, dirty, randy, lusty, goat hooves for feet, and horns out of his head. And in fact, he was the Pied Piper, blowing music through reeds because the sounds of those reeds were the mimicking the, the sigh of his heart because he lusted after a water nymph. Syrinx, and she ran off, and she turned into a reed. By this time with Jesus and the disciples, Caesarea Philippi had been handed over to Herod, King Herod, the baby killer that we find in the Christmas story. And to pay homage to Caesar, King Herod decided to change the name from Panion to Caesarea Philippi and built a massive temple complex in honor of Caesar. And if, if you were an ancient vessel coming in on the sea, you would see a massive statue greeting you as it was looking out to Rome. But still, by this time with Jesus, there was a lot of worship of this God Pan still happening. When Amy and I were there with my seminary group, I noticed that there was this massive cave, which they, the ancients, called Hades. And the waters nowadays are trickling out of the cave, but back in the ancients, this, this cave would have been bursting with water. And the scene would have been beautiful. So beautiful that, in fact, being the fact that this was connected to the god Pan, people would come and, and have their picnics and their orgies in worship of Pan. 
So it's in this really demonic place that Jesus has this conversation with His disciples. He asks them the question, who do people say I am? And then He wanted to hear what they had to say. For you and I, if we were to ask people outside the church, who do you say the church is? What are your opinions? What are your thoughts about the church? I'm very certain there, there would be a wide variety of statements being made. In our community, many would actually say the church is very well represented in our community and has impacted them well. But that's not what the national stage or the global stage would actually say. But does it really matter what the world actually has to say about the church? I think there's some truth that we can find in that. But what do you say? Jesus asks the disciples the question, who do you say I am? Now Peter, Peter being the brash man that he is, he puts his foot in his mouth more often than not, kind of like me, maybe like you. He comes up with the answer. And it's the gold star answer. If he had a piece of paper, he'd have A plus on it. You are the Son of God, the Son of the living God. You are the Christ. You're the one we've all waited for. Now, Peter has a really great perspective on who Jesus is. I'd like to ask the church, I'd like to ask you, those of you listening online, who consider yourself maybe a part of the church, who do you say the church is? What are we about? Who are we? Are we confused about who we are? Are you confused about who we are? And what we're about. See, Jesus Jesus has a play on words to Peter's response. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, or Simon, son of John. And then he has a little word play. He says, you are Peter, meaning rock. And on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it remember the scene that Jesus is saying these statements in they're literally at the gates of hell they're literally in a place where there is raunch Worship of a God that we now depict as the devil. And he says these words that on this statement that I am the Christ, the Son of the living God, I will build my church. Regardless what the world may say, and regardless what the church actually may say, I think it's really important what Jesus says about the church. 
and where he says what he says about the church. Remember, you're the traffic. You're the line. You're nature. You're the world. And how we have this uncanny ability to separate ourselves from what we actually are. Say, I'm not the traffic. They're the traffic. I'm stuck in traffic. I'm not the crazy world. They're the crazy world. I'm just living in it. Jesus says this statement in the place that's very significant and important to who we are as the church. See, Paul says that our citizenship is in heaven. And John, one of Jesus' crew that's actually in this moment with Jesus, says, don't love the world. Don't love anything in the world. How do we balance this out? If we're citizens of heaven, and we're not supposed to love this world, how are we supposed to be as the church in the world? Are we supposed to separate ourselves from the world? Now the sign on the outside says, Wapak Naz, a church of the Nazarene. And if you don't know, as you drive by, as you go home, you can see a church of the Nazarene. Now, many of you might be new to the church of the Nazarene. I've, I've heard many people go, is that a cult? Well, no, it's, 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 it's not a cult. We don't sacrifice pigeons in the basement. It's, it's only once a year. Um, just kidding. But as the church of the Nazarene, in the group of, mainline denominations I don't want to say that we pride ourselves but we emphasize some of these doctrines called entire sanctification that's a big and big word that simply means that you are completely holy and given yourself over to the Lord all of you not just part of you that you don't just have fire insurance, but you have given your whole to the Lord and He has consumed you. He has purified you. And I venture to say, if many in the church of the Nazarene were asked what the church is, they probably would define themselves by what we separate ourselves from. We separate ourselves from sin so that we may be purified and holy. But we cannot be merely defined but why, by what we separate ourselves from. Your life cannot be defined by merely what you separate yourself from. I think it's just as important to define your life by what you give yourself to as well. Not just what you separate yourself from, but what you give yourself to. See, the, the word that Jesus uses here for my church, not, not Ambrose's church, 
Not, not your church. Not the Nazarene's church. Not the, the Baptist church. But the church universal. He uses this word. And I'll advance my screen because I'm way far into the sermon already. He uses this word ecclesia or ecclesium. That word actually means called out from. Called out from and called to. We understand that it also has this concept of gathering and connecting and community. But what we're called out from, but we're also called to, I think we kind of get what we're called out from. We're called out from darkness. We're called out from oppression. We're called out from addiction. We're called out from brokenness. We're separated from that. That's, that's, what, who, that's what we were. It's not what we are anymore. But for many of us, I think it ends there. And we forget what we're called to. Remember the place that Jesus makes this statement. It's, it is symbolic of all that is evil and all that is the world. And right there in the center of it, Jesus says, and on this rock I will build my church. If we're called out from, we need to understand what we're called to. Because we're called out to call to. You and I are called out to call to. And I think many of us believe that we call to from a distance. Without rolling up our sleeves and getting in the mix. No. No. The voice of the church doesn't call out from a distance. I'm reminded of the moment that Peter, the same guy that made this statement, there was a moment that he and the rest of the crew were on a boat in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. Jesus was up on a mountain, kind of watching it all go down, watching his crew struggle at the oars in the middle of a storm. And so Jesus, when he's done praying, he walks out on, onto the waters, onto the waves actually. And he begins to pass by the boat. I think it's very significant that we must understand that God is a God of movement. And he's always going forward. And they're frightened. They think it's a ghost. And Peter, testing the spirits, says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. 
Jesus has come. He just doesn't say it, Peter. He just says, come. Kind of out there. Peter's the one that gets out of the boat and begins to walk on the waves that were buffeting the boat. And in that moment, Peter looks away from the Lord and begins to sink. And I think it's really important right here. The scriptures read that Jesus immediately reached out his hand and pulled Peter up. You cannot call out from a distance. We can only call out in close proximity, within arm's reach. It's not a social distancing thing. I'm six feet, so my wingspan is six feet. Which means half my wingspan is three feet. I need to be in close proximity to the world. Yes! You're right! I really appreciate when people agree. (laughs) Especially when they don't understand what I'm saying! You and I have to be in arm's reach. We're called out from darkness to call to those in darkness. We're called out from the lost to call to those that are lost. We're called out from addiction to call to those who are addicted. We're called out of the brokenness to call to the broken and we cannot do that being separated you gotta be in the traffic you gotta be in the line you gotta understand that you're in the world if the world's crazy out there join the crazy just don't be crazy Step into it. We're called out to call to. The ecclesia, the church. So I ask you today, for those of you that have a relationship with the Lord, because it's not religion, it's relationship. For those of you that have been called out of whatever you've been called out from, whatever addictions, Whatever brokenness. Have you stepped back into that group of people to call them out from where they are? We were at District Assembly this week. And on, I believe it was Wednesday night, there was a pastor who was speaking. He was from North Carolina. Pastor Kyle DeLong. In short, this man shared his story as if he was the invalid in John chapter 5. The man that was 
had been paralyzed on a mat for 38 years of his life. And Pastor Kyle DeLong said at some point in his life, he actually became the invalid because of all the addictions that were in his life and all the felonies that he committed and the fact that he was imprisoned for a long time and it was addiction that drove him into some of these behaviors and this lifestyle. And it was in prison where he met the Lord Jesus for the very first time in his entire life. He came from a family of pastors. He grew up in the church. But he was lost as they come. And he considered himself invalid because the world considered him invalid. We're recruiting for the worship team. He's got some lungs, man. If you can't hear this on the screen on the Spotify, that boy's got some lungs. It's pretty amazing. But the Lord redeemed this man. And he began to walk a holy road. And you know what? He was called out from what he was in. You know what he started to do? do? He started to call to those that were in what he was in. I encourage you, as the church, as individuals who have been called out from something, what are the passions that underlie in your life? What are the things that you've been called out from? Maybe just you. Maybe you might make the difference in somebody's life that you, who are engaged in the things that you were, you were in, the darkness that you were in. Light shines brightest only in the darkness. Not when light comes together all the time, but when light goes out into the darkness. We're a small church. We're not going to be able to do every program in the world. In fact, we're not about programs. We're about people. We're not about projects. We're about people. And the last I checked, y'all are people. The difference is made when God's people go right up against the gates of hell. And they start calling out. And they start shining bright. That's when the voice of the church is heard. That's when your voice begins to make a difference and an impact. we should no longer be known by what we separate ourselves from. But what we go towards and what we give ourselves to the Lord. So, you won't find a whole lot of programs here because we firmly believe in the people of Wapak Mass. The people of God can go out and make pretty amazing differences in the lives of the people that you interact with and know.
I'd ask you to stand. And I'd ask you to bow your head for just a moment. For those of you who have been called out from and have that relationship with the Lord, I'd ask that you think about the people in your life right now. Picture them in your mind. Picture your coworkers. Picture the cashiers at Aldi and Walmart. Well, Walmart doesn't have any cashiers. Um, <laughs> we'll have to edit that one out. Um, picture your neighbors picture your customers picture your clients picture your family I'd really like for you to just focus on those faces for just a moment because those faces are connected to souls hearts, minds You know who you're called out? Who you're called to? It's those folks. It's those faces. It's the waiters and the waitresses. The people you do business with. It's the people that you farm with. It's the people that you run into at the factory. That's who you're called to. And that's who you're called to call to. Will you ask the Lord to put that passion in your life? To provide opportunity to have conversation? To roll your sleeves up into their life? To relate with them? To have conversations with them? To invite them? Just go ahead. Go ahead and do it. Have that conversation right now. Pray over their hearts as well. Now for those of you that are here who have had some really negative experiences with the ecclesia, the church, First, I want to apologize on behalf of that church. But I want you to know that that is not representative of who Jesus Christ is. Because He loves you. He cares for you. He died for you. And this may be the first time that you even entered the church, or the first time you've listened to a sermon in a long time, and that you feel like you're invalid that you feel like you're far from from God I just invite you that declaration that, that Peter made that Jesus is the Christ the son of the living God that's true and that's really the truth in which the church is set upon and Jesus sacrificed himself for you not to have negative experiences in church but to be the church to be what he's called us and what he's defined us and so I just invite you in 
to his embrace and to who he is. Because man, he loves you deeply. He died for you. Surrendered himself. And in fact, he became like one of us. Though he was separate, he came and was like one of us. Like you. So that you know that he knows what it feels like to be human. And I just challenge you right now to cross that line of faith today. Make this your moment. Will you just give Jesus your life? Today. Right now. Just pray along with me. It's a simple prayer. It's nothing complicated. but And it's not the, the whole prayer. It's not the whole conversation it's just the beginning of the conversation just Jesus I give you my life forgive me of my sin I give you my life I want your life I want the life that you have for me Jesus I give you my life to receive your life Jesus I, I just give you my life today and if you ask if you ask the Lord, if you gave the Lord your life today, I, I want you to acknowledge that. And I ask you to acknowledge that with making eye contact with me today. Praise the Lord. You're at work, Lord, and I thank you. It's not the work of man. This has not been revealed by by man, it's been revealed by you, by your Father, by your Spirit. Lord, I love you and I praise you. And I, I want to give you all glory and honor. And may we as the ecclesia, as we as the church, the called out ones, be the ones that call to, not from a distance, but from right in their life. Being in our community and understanding that though we are citizens of heaven, we are here in this world to share hope and love and grace in Jesus Christ. I love you, Lord, and I praise you. It's in your name we pray today. Amen. I, I just ask that you give God praise. Will you please? Because he's at work, man. We love you guys. May you love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And will you please, please, please love your neighbor as yourself. Have a wonderful, wonderful Sunday and a happy Father's Day. Thank you for listening to the Nas podcast. We hope you are moved deeply to step into God and the hope and future he has for you. And that you are moved to be salt, light, and yeast in your community and to love people to Jesus.